So, um, end of the trip, um, and some kind of final words to just help us um, bring the trip home, as Sajjanan Maran says, bring the retreat home. So, um, uh, I thought we'd close with some, uh, just some reflections on what we do next, um, going back. Um, but before I do that, you know, yesterday, so to Tuesday, Sunday was Banan Jayanti, and um, we were thinking that we should do the trans, like when some of us were talking, should we do the transition from Agashtaram and Banan Jayanti, such an auspicious day? Things didn't work out, obviously, because, you know, we had so many things going on that day. So it happened yesterday. You know what yesterday was? I do not know. Oh. Yesterday, Prabhupada left India to come to the USA. So, yeah. It's a, so, for us in the Christian consciousness movement, it's the most significant age, actually. For some reason, we don't celebrate it. Uh, we don't commemorate it in the same um, kind of way as we do so many other festivals. But if you think about it, in many respects, the entire parampara from the time of, we just kind of uh, boil down a bit. So, I don't know if you're hearing that, but I'm hearing um, Yeah, everybody move forward, please. We're going to party now. But essentially, um, you can move with your cushions if that makes it easier.
This quote by Dr. Dirk Marge uh, will set the tone for us for today. I really like this quote. I, I kind of use this quote every time I go talk anything on this topic. Um, so he says, when your desire to serve is beyond your capacity, okay, when your desire is beyond your capacity, yet you act without hesitation, that is the moment empowerment occurs. Sometimes we feel, can I do it, can't I do it, right, Superbook's class, uh, which box is it in? Um, but the whole point is, we may not be able to do it. It may be beyond our capacity. Jerome and I talked about unlimited potential, it depends what we identify with. So one thing is what we identify with, but the other is, if Krishna wants to empower us, can we lift a mountain and jump an ocean? If Krishna wants to empower us to lift a mountain and jump an ocean, can we do it? We can do it. Now if I think to myself, can I lift a mountain like Hanuman and jump the ocean? I'll think, not a chance, obviously. It's just fairy tales and these things can't occur because they're against the laws of physics and all the rest of it, but who made the laws of physics? So the thing is that if Krishna wants us to do something, then nothing is beyond our capacity. That's the point. Like, who do we want to rely on? Do we, do we want to rely on ourselves, our own capacity, our own ability, our own skills, our own whatever, whatever, whatever? I'm good at this, I'm not good at that. You know, I like this, I don't like that. That's one way to look at life. <coughs> and because of our material condition, it's a natural way to look at life. But we also have to encourage ourselves to think of looking at it a different way, which is that if Krishna wants me to do something, if Krishna wants to empower me to do something, what can I not do? Is there anything that I cannot do if Krishna wants me to do? You know, imagine God, right? Like those, what was somebody who made this point? This mess of people came and can God create a rock he can't lift, right? So God can create a rock that nobody can lift and then he can lift it. Okay? So we know that God, like, just the concept of God is like, he's so strong he can do anything. Right? But his friends can beat him at wrestling. How is that possible? So, um, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is, as we come to Christian consciousness, we absorb ourselves in, in, in uh, taking up the path of Christian consciousness, this is to help us broaden our horizons, you know, just broaden our horizons as to what we are, who we are, um, and uh, what is possible uh, if Krishna wishes it to be so. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm doing a combination. Um, okay, so... Um, so there's this point... Um, which is, again, some of you have seen this slide, um, that uh, we, we talked about that, you know, uh, there's a focus on our own sadhana, our own well-being, our own spiritual development, and then there's kind of a, a, a push from the institution or organization, Pakistana, Islam, whatever it might be, that there's stuff that needs to be done, right? So it's, and you see, you feel the tension slightly even on the trip, like, we're here, we're trying to come to morning program, engage in our sadhana, do our reading, associate, but there's also stuff that needs to be done, right? <coughs> and these types of things. But you know, the thing is, 
that it's only a, um, a naive perspective which distinguishes these two things. So our service, our attention to the mission is not different from our own sadhana. Now why is that? Because when we engage in service, when we engage in doing things for Krishna, that itself promotes our spiritual life. In the same way that sadhana promotes our spiritual life. It connects us to Krishna. And that connection is what we're looking for. What is the point of sadhana? When we perform, when we're doing japa, we chant Krishna's names, what are we doing? We're calling out to Krishna to try and connect us. And what are we praying for? Service. Please engage me in your service. Isn't it? So like, how can the two be different? One is the process of asking for service, and the other process is doing the service. Where is the difference? Is there a difference? Somebody says, please engage me in service, please engage me in service. And then when the service comes, please engage me in service, please engage me in service. <laughs> so, some service. Please engage me in service. So like, these two things are not separate. But at the same time, anyway, so that's why there's a balance, and the balance should remain. And, you know, like the Panasena kind of motto is, what is lifeless ordering. So everybody's living their life, they're living their kind of happy life. And what does that mean? That we go to school, we go to university, we get a job. And then we die. Is that what? spiritual life is supposed to be about. So what is, what is different about leading a Christian conscious life than leading just a regular material life? What's the difference? If you can just live a regular material life, <coughs> you know, be a good person, go to the temple, give a bit of money to a donation, the RP tray, and then go home. What's the difference? What is the difference between a dedicated life of Christian consciousness and just getting by in life, trying a few rounds when you feel like it, maybe even every day. Coming to the temple, doing a bit of whatever. What's the difference? Anyone can say? Anyone like to? You experience much more. Yeah, okay, so that's the result. But I, what I'm trying to get to is like, what is the, what's the difference? Like, okay? 100% commitment. Okay, so what is 100%, okay. Why true life purpose? Um, okay, so what does that look like? What is what 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 is that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's this idea that Krishna, everything's for you. But how, like you know, these are these are very high kind of you know like high aspirational things. Hundred percent. Who can say hundred percent, right? Like it's a, it's a nice idea, isn't it? All my Krishna, all of my endeavors are for you. But the moment I get home, like, you know, watching TV is difficult to connect to as an offer to Krishna. <laughs> like, just browsing the internet or going shopping. Like, I mean, these things are not, it's, it's a very high bar. So that's why this, this point is that, you see, if we put Krishna in the center, and if we try and, um, uh, try and place that as, okay, we may not be acting on that level, but this is where I'm hoping to move towards, and we engaging in 
we're surrounding ourselves with Christian consciousness. Like, so for example, on the trip, it's easy. We come on the trip, we're here for nine days. Like, you know, we're here for nine days, we're surrounded by Christian consciousness. Even if we don't want to get up, people are waking up around us and like, whatever, right? So like, one time on the trip, we were dragging people down in their sleeping bags. <laughs> Honestly, down the stairs, in the sleeping bags. They were in Mangalati jumping in the sleeping bags. <laughs> so, like, you know, it was like, that was back in the day. Um, but the point is that you can, you, can you, you just go with the flow. The flow is moving, you just, you're just getting carried. But like, when you go home, it's a different thing, no? You're in your own space, nobody, nobody's like checking whether you're putting on snooze or you're waking up or whether, like, nothing. What you're watching, what you're doing, how you like so so therefore the idea of putting the the mission of Krishna consciousness in the center of your life it's an easy way to do it because we're not really so interested in chanting japa all day long have any of you tried chanting 192 rounds in a day Aridas Thakur used to do every day. If you've tried it, if, you, if you've ever tried it, it is very, very difficult. Have you tried like 64 rounds? Some of you may have done 64 rounds, right? A few, few of us did that. Some. Even 64 rounds is like, feels like, okay. <laughs> you know, there's points, obviously, like you feel encouraged and things like that, but like, it's a, it's a bit challenging. So we're not able to chant, sit down in front of the deities and just chant every, like, whole day long. Because we don't have a taste yet. But if we can somehow put the, um, the mission of Christian consciousness in the center of our lives, our passionate, first of all, it will kick us out of the mode of ignorance. It moves us out of the point of laziness, and it purifies our passion to help us get to goodness. Because to sit and chant all day long requires you to be in the mode of goodness. You can't do it otherwise. So it helps us to do that, um, and I'm waffling. So, um, yeah, anyway, so the point is that, um, so, so here's, a, here's, here's something a bit about the rat race, right? Um, you can ignore the lifetime, that was a different talk. Let me just put this out here. Okay, so here's your average retirement age. For the economists in the room, uh, this is, oh yeah, it's slightly dated, but you can see the trend. Okay, so this is retirement age. Notice what's happening? Huh? It's increasing, no? Why do you think it's increasing? I mean, besides the fact that people are retiring later. What, what do you think is driving that? <laughs> Better healthcare, okay. Life expectancy, very good. Sorry? Bigger mortgages. Problems with pensions. Problem with pensions. Thank you. Now we get to the heart of it. See, it's all like a nice, optimistic kind of thing, and then it's like the heart knows kind of like this is what's going on behind the scenes type of stuff. The fact is, we have a big problem. What's our problem, Josh? Um, the old, the, dem the older demographics are increasing, and the younger ones are, I guess, decreasing. Right. Yeah. So what does that mean? So yes, the the old are being paid for by the young. Mm -hmm. So as the old age, it's more, there's a greater burden to society. So what does the government need us to do? Contribute more intentions. And oh. work longer. So society needs us to work longer. Work longer. 
because there is a problem, there is a pension problem, and you lot need to pay for it. Okay, first problem. Median age of first marriage. I don't even know why this is. Oh yeah, this is this is the other talk. Don't worry about this one. Basically, this is talking about how people getting married later and later and later, and basically how this causes people to then be able to retire later, right? We have a debt problem. Debt problem means you can't retire. How can you retire? You've got debt. You've got mortgage to pay. So keep working. You know, there is, a, there, is a, there is a system that you are part of. If you are not in the Brahmacharya Ashram, you are part of this system. We are all part of this system. If we don't know how this system works, we're not going to be able to kind of deal with it. And, and the, the thing is that um, the world, this, you don't have to focus, you'll know this, this is Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs. Um, the, the world uh, is pushing in a direction, and that push is to engage you in material activity for economic growth, for society, to do things like paying off pensions. Not even your pension, by the way. Somebody else's pension. So, um, what are you going to do about it? Like if, if we don't have something that's anchoring us towards a different direction, this is the way, we're just going to get pushed into that system. This is um, Maslow's hierarchy, right? You see this physiological needs, and then it goes all the way up to self-actualization. Are you familiar with this type of thing before? Yeah, okay, all right. So, um, the point is that uh, we, need, we need something more. And, you know, like, on, um, so what would I miss to say? Which is a, I think Yashoda was saying it uh, the, other, the other day. What was the number? 1%? If you have, it's an income level. If you earn more than forty thousand uh, dollars, US dollars, if you earn more than forty thousand dollars, you are in the top one percent of the world. Might be two percent now, but anyway, you are very lucky people. So in terms of what's going on here. Like most of the world is messing around and struggling with the first two, the bottom, sorry, the bottom two. That's what they're struggling with. Like do you guys struggle to figure out where your next meal is coming from? Right? So that's what, that's what most of the world is struggling with. We've got all of this on a plate, isn't it? Broadly speaking, we've got most of this on a plate. So, if you have not read this book, you must read this book. It is shocking. This is the story of um, how Christian consciousness in the ex-Soviet uh, Union um, uh, started and how it grew. And the austerities that those devotees went through. And to give you one example, which is, you know, so there's this devotee. They're trying to preach, they're trying to distribute books, and it's against the law. So they're doing that, and they get caught. One of, one of the guys, he gets the, the, um, the main uh, person of the story, he gets caught. They police take him in to the police station, and they say to him, because Christian consciousness, like the, you know, it's, it's becoming, they see it as a real threat in the Soviet Union. There were, there were three things, I think, that the Soviet Union said were the threat to communism. One was Coca-Cola. The second was MTV, and the third was the Hare Krishnas. 
So, um, so anyway, they pulled him in, and they said, you sign this piece of paper. You sign this piece of paper that says you were brainwashed into this cult, and you now reject it. And they would take that paper, and then they would <clears throat> publicize it, that these are dangerous people who don't associate with them. So the person refused. He said, I don't, I'm not going to sign. So, he said, so the police said, you better sign, otherwise we're going to hurt you. So he said, I won't sign. So there was a, in the police station, there was a door, like this size door, but it was made of metal. It was like an iron door. So they took him, they opened the door, they put his hand. You imagine you're opening a door, like, not that's double, actually, so imagine that's a single door. Imagine what the hinges and the edges of that door is. They opened the door, they put his hand in the hinges where the door closes, and they said, do you want to sign this paper? And he said, no. And he slammed it. He took his hand out. Obviously, his hand is completely shattered. And they said, now will you sign it? And he said, no. They put his other hand in the door. They asked him again and slammed it. And then he passed out because he was in too much pain. Like, when I read that, I was thinking, how do you sign it before I even before they even put my hand in the door. And he didn't sign it on the second time. And then they put them in jail, and then they were putting all kinds of experimental drugs and all kinds of stuff in them, just to get them to give up chanting Hare Krishna. Now, can you imagine all of the austerity that somebody has to perform just to chant Hare Krishna? just to tell somebody else about chanting Hare Krishna. And here we are, having to motivate ourselves to do it. There's nobody telling us not to do it. There's nobody forcing us not to do it. And then I thought, like, in the moment, like, so my first instinct was, there's no way I would have let my hand go in that door. And then I thought, well, if I was in that situation, with all of that context, would I have? Because the thing is, that as we went back to um, this point about jumping in an ocean with a, with a mountain, if Krishna inspires us with the determination, with the motivation, that I am going to preach Krishna consciousness, that I am going to try and be Krishna conscious, Maybe I would have put my hand in the door. And maybe I would have um, took that stand, which they did. And um, part of the process of Christian consciousness is allowing ourselves to be exposed to that. Allowing ourselves to Krishna. Allowing ourselves to um, allow Krishna into our lives in that way. To empower us to get involved, to do things that we wouldn't ordinarily think was possible for us to do. Um, so, um, I had, uh, I've got a few more things to say, but I think what we're going to do now is, um, actually, uh, Paul, if you, you get ready, you can, you can uh, swap up the, um, so Paul and Carolyn are going to make a small presentation before I close, and whilst they're doing that, I'm going to give you my last, uh, one more point here. 
So, um, you know, that, so, so we were thinking about what is that, how can we shift, right, from where we are to, to, to kind of bringing in that consciousness? And um, one, of the, one of the examples that um, I like to use is that, you know, on a ship, sometimes you get these ships, like these container carrying ships, they're like huge, they're like hundreds and hundreds of meters long. And, um, but the thing that determines the direction of that ship is the rudder. Now the rudder, in proportion of size to the ship, is like ridiculously small. So how, like, you know, so the thing is that our consciousness, our mind is going in this one direction. It's like, how do I move it? Like, it's such a big, feels like such a big thing to move. But the thing is that just a slight change can create a domino effect towards shifting our consciousness. Because ultimately, you know, Sutapa was giving this talks about rasa. And the rasa that we, that our natural, inherent, intrinsic rasa of the soul is towards Krishna, of expressing and having and expressing our love, innate love, towards Krishna, right? That's, that's the pure rasa. But we're busy transposing that love onto other stuff. And the process of Krishna consciousness is re-transposing it back to where it belongs. And that shift in consciousness um, goes side by side with this ability to kind of just start, just introduce the process and mission of Krishna consciousness side by side into our lives, and at the end of this, once they've finished, we'll get on to how we can do that, specifically starting from today, um, so that we can start to turn the ship of our mind and consciousness, and it may take time, but at least we'll see it, we'll see it turning, and that will give us encouragement to carry on. So I'm going to pause there. Guys, you ready? Yeah? Okay. Alright. Over to you. Thank you. 
Um, every 
There's also sanghas, retreats, socials, and much more, and everything kind of happens on these group chats if you're in London. If you're outside of London and you're going to KC, or going to university, say outside of London, then you can get in touch with KC Salt um, by either messaging Josh or Neeraj, and their numbers are up here. Again, this will be sent on the unlocked group. Um, if you are outside of London and you're not going to uni, then you can also speak to, sorry. Say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, if you are as as you're uh, not exactly in the cases of ecosystem, um, then we have this Akota Hundred Lovely Matachi who, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, there is uh, devotees, there are devotees, and there is kind of the center and Christian consciousness outside of London. And devotees. <laughs> Like the Kirtan and Vrindavan Maharaji are exactly an example of that. Like they do so much outside, and, and it's just so much to get involved with if you're not in London. It's not just London, so um, please, please, please do get in touch with them. And um, you know, just just a, on a really quick one. This, this wasn't in the script. I'm just saying. Um, these house programs for me personally were the game changer. If, if you like the talks. Um, they're going to be there on the trip. If you like the talks on the trip, they're going to be there. If you like the prashadam, it's going to be there. If you like the kirtan, it's going to be there. If you like meeting new people and getting to know new people, building relationships, as you do on the trip, it's going to be there. And, you know, we really, really encourage you not to end this trip here, um, but just take it forward because there's so much opportunity. And it's, it really is just there for everyone to take in. So please, please do get involved and we, we love it so much. If we saw everyone here at these programs, it would make such a big difference. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, wait, wait, sorry, I just want to say. Um, so the Boys House program is going to be on the 4th of September, and Saturday 4th of September, and the Girls is going to be on the 5th of September. Um, so please do come along if you're in London. Um, we're going to send out the invites to the groups and these numbers and all the information about the two house programs on the unlocked groups after this. Um, me and Polka are also available as your girls and boys reps. Um, if you have any questions about anything really, you know, if you want to find out more about any of these programs, if you want to find out about services, honestly anything, we're just here to serve you. Um, so we'll send our numbers on the unlocked group after this trip ends. When I get reception, basically. Um, so yeah, thank you guys. Oh, can you explain what a sound is? <laughs> Yes, it's a Sorry, Kishan, not that you last night. Yeah, so Asanka and Krishna Kitchen will be so good if I don't know the exact definition of as mentioned head. Of course, you can, but why go to? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I actually do, but I would like everyone to get there. Sangha is a more common experience of what you're having here, where you come together. If you think about your immediate family, mom, dad, brother, sister, etc. Um, when your extended family meet together, that's more like a Sangha. And here we've spent a lot of time with a lot of people 
and we're all very tired and etc. etc. We learned a lot. But Asaga is something like going to school where you keep reading the same thing, you keep rediscussing, revisiting, and and in the summer groups end up making trips together, they um, have socials together, they play sports together. So it's breaking up this large community into smaller communities and then we all come together on the monthly events as well. So Sangha is very important because to do something alone is very difficult. There's a famous example of it's easy to break one bamboo stick, but to get a whole bunch together, it's hard to break. So when we have our challenges and difficult times, if we're in a Sangha group, it's uh, a lot harder to drift far away. So the power of the Sangha group is exactly the feeling that you have um, on this trip, and it will only strengthen as you tighten that commitment to one another. And just to add that there are actually going to be some new sanghas starting up for the people who already you know, have joined some sanghas and stuff and know about the PS sanghas. There's going to be some new boys and girls sanghas starting up, so do, do be in, like, sort of looking out for that. Even if you already do have a sangha, you can also join another one. Based on some of the observations on this trip, we've also created a couple sangha because we understand a lot of you want, uh, want doing that anyway. So, um, <laughs> so there will be a couple sangha developed uh, starting very soon where you can come as a couple and learn the path. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. So yeah, please take a note of this, and the network network can here will share this with the cats, etc. Thank you. Okay, so um, you know, there's a momentum that's been started here on this trip. That's what these trips are for. Like, and you're trying to push a really heavy object, like your mind. Uh, the, the hardest bit often is to get it moving to start with, and that's what the trip is, right? It gets the it gets us onto a rolling start. So we started the momentum, and the point of this session is really to emphasise and re-emphasise um, the importance of not letting that momentum go to waste. Don't just go back to the humdrum life of mediocrity and all the rest of it. Um, you've started something here. Uh, let's think of ways that we can keep that momentum going. So uh, we're going to do something slightly different here, um, because what normally happens after the PS summer trip is that gymnastics follows it immediately after. So generally, what happens is yeah, you know, everyone comes off for a bit of a high from the PS trip, and then but we can engage them straight away into the uh, into the gymnastics service. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, because of the pandemic, pandemic and all the rest of it, the gymnastics festival this year is is. Uh, much reduced. So it's the, we don't really have the same opportunity, but um, the, uh, the, the, what we thought we'd do is that a couple of years ago, um, uh, there, was a, there was an alumni tent which uh, the Ashodans and team did, where um, everybody made a prayer, and Krishnamatara was reminding me of that yesterday, that um, everyone made a prayer and they wrote it down on Janashri for Krishna's birthday. It was like a birthday wish. Really nice, you know, people come to the temple first time, they always 
So we thought we'd do a slightly adapted version of that. So uh, what we're going to do is, has anyone got a piece of paper and a pen? If not, take 30 seconds to grab one. So just rip some paper out of your nose. Notepad. Can you give me paper? And, and you're going to need it on a paper and pen as opposed to your phone, because we're going to do something with that paper. So you're going to write these down as your prayer and offering 
And the word is sankalpa, which is like a determination. So we're going to make a determination here to do these things. And you're going to offer them to Shushi Bonitai um, as your offering for Jamnashtami. Now, a word of warning. Um, if you make a vow or a promise to Krishna, um, you really have to try and keep it. Because Krishna is, he behaves in some very funny ways sometimes. So, uh, he has his own personal um, pastimes when it comes to promises, keeping them and breaking them. Um, but when we interact with him, uh, he, is, he is the trickster of tricksters. So, when you make your vow, really think about it. Really think about what is it that I really can do, would like to do, may not want to do, but should do, and all that kind of stuff. And keep it to a level where you, you're really able to try, right? So, you know, we all know about this whole thing about comfort zone, stretch zone, etc., right? So, like, what's the one after stretch zone, when you just collapse? Huh? Stress zone? No. Huh? Anyway, something. Basically, it's when you, when you just kind of like, it's too much, forget it. Okay, so, try and think of something which you're really going to have a go at. Okay? You're really, really going to have a go at. And... You're going to trip and you're going to um, uh, take away with you. Okay, go ahead for the next couple of minutes. Write those down. It's confidential. Can I also say, it's going to go in the baskets, just so that you know what's going to happen with them after. Um, so, uh, if, if, you want, if you want yours to be confidential, please don't write your name on it. Okay? Um, you can, Monetai will know who wrote it, so you don't have to write about that. But, you don't have to write your name on it. If you want to write your name, that's also fine. It's going to come here, and then we're going to keep these, and then we're going to give, we're going to um, offer them to go in So that's what's going to happen to them. Okay. So off you go, and then we're going to come up, and when you're ready, you can just place them in here. And um, Akash, maybe um, I was thinking that whilst this is going on, um, especially when devotees are coming and offering them, uh, that uh, you can sing Nishingadev prayers. Uh, we pray to the Lord Nishingadev for protection. Uh, one, on one, in one respect, we pray to him for, we can pray to him for physical protection, but actually the greatest boon that Holy Shingadev gives us is the protection of our devotional service. He protects our devotional desires, he protects our devotional determination. So when we come out of here and we're wanting to do these things, and we pray to Holy Shingadev to please um, protect our sincere desires to um, serve him, uh, that would be really nice. Is that okay, Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you can start as you're ready. If you've done yours, then you can start. Or you can do yours later if you want. <laughs> yeah, the other one? No, no, it can be anything you want. It's your, it's your thing. It can be quality, quantity, whatever you want it to be. Um, it's your offering to Krishna. And oh, by the way, sometimes in Kali Yuga, there's a joke about Kaliuga memories. Sometimes we make a promise and we forget. And sometimes we write something or say something and we forget. So if you need a photocopy version of it, like make two. <laughs> so either write it in your phone, uh, what the three things that you've written to Krishna, or uh, write it in a piece of paper.
then when you're ready, you can just hold it up and you can come and offer it to Shushi Bodhidharma. Whenever you're ready.
Thank you. So if anybody has not uh, placed their um, uh, offerings in, then they can do that uh, now or uh, uh, once we conclude. So I'm just going to finish now uh, with one last um, message, not message, uh, one last uh, closing, uh, which is that uh, we'll chant together one my mantra, and when we're chanting, we're going to keep the meaning of the mantra really clearly in focus, okay? So, you know, sometimes there's this argument about should I chant one round read with real attention or 16 or... So now we're just going to chant one mantra. So that means 100% attention. So if you're sleepy, stand up, hit yourself in the head, do what you need to do um, to just wake up. So in this mantra, when we chant this, we're going to try and pray as much and as sincerely as we can um, for the prayer that we'll keep the definition simple as Ashura Prabhupada has given it to us. Um, which is that, um, O Radha and Jiva Krishna, um, O Krishna, please engage me in your devotional service. Now the meaning of the mantra can be expanded in many different ways, but for the purpose of this one mantra, we're going to keep this. And keep in mind the, the sankalpa that you've made just now, the three things that you're really thinking about that you want to change. And in this mantra, we're asking for Radha and Krishna to empower us to be able to um, fulfill uh, that sankalpa. Is that clear? Yeah? So we'll chant this one once again. Everyone can. You don't have to close your eyes because you may fall asleep. But uh, if you want to stand up, you stand up. Do whatever you need to do just to make sure that you're fully there. Uh, and we can chant it in unison. Okay? Ready? Everyone ready? Okay. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jai Shri Shri Gaurani Thai Ki, Jai 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 Shri